Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Um, Can I turn? No, no. You, you Straight up turn. Can I say backwards? However you want. Can I say backwards? You've got... <laughs> you can say whatever he's I want. He's going to follow you. Cool. The whole way. Mate, thank you so know. much for joining me. Appreciate it. Um, obviously, we're sat in an awesome place, but really sat awesome. in front of the piano because on each episode of Headstrong now, the guest chooses an activity, yeah. a therapeutic activity. And piano is pretty. conveniently and topically, you have chosen the piano. Um, which I'm excited for. Me too. I get, I get a free concert. Straight up. <laughs> one Straight on one. Up. No, but I'm really excited. But to kind of understand, uh, well, who you are, first of all, I'm just used to seeing you on the For You page. Yeah. Right? <laughs> up on with an orchestra, with like doing flash mobs, yeah. whatever. What's your, favorite, what's your favorite kind of one that you've done so far? Um, I think one of my favorites is probably the one that was the most accidental, which was the time we walked past the busker who like started singing my song. And uh, it was the day that we were going around and filming all the very first sort of choir flash mobs that I ever did. And um, we were just walking from one location to another to try like another cafe or shop or whatever. And we just walked past this guy and just like as we basically kind of walked past and we stopped just for like a second like near him. Um, and actually the choir members were like, oh, you should ask him like, they were like, you should ask him if you can sing your song and then we'll sing with you and we'll do a little video or whatever. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go over to this, like a busker and be like, hey, can I like sing a song? <laughs> like, and I was like, no, 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 that's like, you know, I've been there as a busker. It's, I don't want like to be so weird and I just didn't feel comfortable doing that. So I was like, no, 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 let's, let's go and whatever. And we were like standing like 10 meters away or whatever. And like as they first, basically as they said that, he just started singing my song. And I was like, and that's where like this video starts because I'm like, yeah, like, like it's like what? your legit reaction. Yeah, and also the this craziest part is like that song wasn't known at all at that point. Like it had just come out. Good advent from so, the busker. Yeah, so I was like, nobody, pretty much no one who would have seen me in public would have sang that song. They would have sang my previous song, which is the first big song mm. that I had. And they would have sang that because that's the one that everybody knew. So like, it was so random that he happened to sing the song that we were going around making choir videos for. And then I was like, I was just like buzzing inside because I was like, this is so special because he doesn't realize like he obviously clocked me he told me at the end that he had actually just been singing it like an hour before so i was like first of all you manifested me walking past yeah, yeah, yeah. but then second i was like he's seeing me he's singing my song and he doesn't realize that like there's a choir with me like he had no idea so like i was just in my head like oh my god we're gonna join in like i'm gonna join in singing with him but also like a full 15 piece choir is gonna start singing and he's gonna be like 
what? And so I don't know. I think that video is just super special because it's like I was feeling so many like great emotions at yeah. that time, and it was just super nice. It's like one of those pinch yourself moments where you're like, shit. Yeah, you know what I mean, I know. so cool. And it's just exciting for everyone involved. Like I was excited, he was excited. I was well, excited I like, for him to be excited about what was about to happen that he didn't know was happening. The choir were excited because they were like, oh, we get to surprise this guy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really cool, mate. So to first understand your kind of musical abilities and all that, I want to rewind all the way back to childhood. So I think that's a great place to start. And I know that your mother was yeah. really into music, right? Yeah. So is that, has it always been part of your life? Yeah, so actually, like, although I don't have like a relationship with my dad, he also was, is maybe still a, like a professional musician as well. <clears throat> so like both of my parents, like from basically the moment I was born, was, were like um, just like music in the house, like every, everywhere. And obviously, like, I think like when growing up with my mom raising me, like, was always just she was just constantly playing piano and like practicing and she was playing so many concerts and like obviously it was like you know she was working so much also to like provide for me and my brother that like it was like she would play until it could be like midnight or 1 a.m then she was like still practicing piano at home you know and we'd be going to sleep in the room mm. next door with her playing and stuff and like all of my like many of my fondest memories just like growing up we're just like sitting under her piano stool or like under the piano and just like listening to her play so yeah it was just like I think kind of something that and like my mum my like never really pushed me or my brother any any of us like um she was never pushy about like doing music you know I think mm. she was just like that was her thing and she loved it and like whether we wanted to do music or not was completely irrelevant like I was really into acting for a long time and skateboarding and stuff so it was never like I never had a pressure or like she was never like you're going to be a musician you know it was always me who wanted to be a musician I had to almost force her to like let me yeah yeah well yeah. I guess because it's one of those industries that you can work your entire life for and you might not necessarily see the success that you would like yeah you know what I mean because I mean that's where you had that also that interest in terms of yeah. going to pop music in terms of knowing yeah, yeah. that whilst it might be a smaller chance of making it yeah the opportunity to make it yeah is enormous yeah. I mean, we'll get onto that anyway. But I want to talk about your, your childhood specifically because, yeah. I mean, you said that you had a, a difficult relationship yeah. at the start and now no relationship with your father. Yeah. I mean, what was that like in terms of growing up when your mother basically yeah. took, took you under her wing and she's from France, you know? Yeah. And that's hugely difficult in a foreign yeah. country to her. Yeah. To kind <laughs> of bring up her two boys. Yeah, I mean, like, there's obviously so many it's very like complex and there's yeah. so many levels and like so many things that you know we could talk about on that but I guess like I think <clears throat> first of all it's, I think as a mother like it's just hard enough deciding that you're going to leave your husband when everybody's telling you like not to leave your husband and you've got two kids and you're in like a country that's not your home country and you've got no family either and you can't go back to your family because that would be illegal to move your kids without the permission of their father. And obviously my dad would have never given that permission, which he, which he didn't. So it was like, we kind of like, first my mom had that difficulty of, of leaving, but then she had the difficulty of finding out about the abuse, which was then later on that she found out about that. So then it was not only just like, oh, like, you know, parents split up and that, that happens and that's quite common and you go between mm -hmm. your mom and your dad's house or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but like when, when she found out, obviously she finds out about the abuse and then it's like, now she's like, her whole world is flips up, flipped upside down and like, she has to figure out like, how does she get her, her kids out of that? How does she like, how does she like fix that? How do, and like, we didn't want to go, obviously as kids, like once, once that came out and stuff, like we didn't want to spend time with her dad. We didn't want to have a relationship with him in that way. But then again, it's like super complicated because like you're kind of like at sometimes you think like oh maybe if he just apologized or if he changed but like he never changed or he never apologized he never would even admit that he did anything wrong um and so like yeah it was really difficult for my mom because also i think like ireland especially at that time uh and honestly probably like still quite a bit now and, and not just ireland but many many countries mm. i guess would be that way but like you know, you've got like, uh, my mom's going to court like every 
you know, could be like three, four times a week for like 10 years to like get sole custody or to get a separation or just to get her divorce. I think it took like 10 years to get divorced. And, um, but you know, like you have like a, a judge in like the court who's like, who's like some 50, 60 year old white man, Irish, who just believes in marriage and like the husband, mm. your husband well, so rapes your wife, you know. Like, religious kind of. Yeah, very well, religious. Right? Yeah, very religious and very just like patriarch. Yeah. very old minded like yeah, not very not no no like they don't care about the foreign french woman who's trying to raise her two kids and is like saying like hey my kids are being abused and i know that because my husband abused me so it's it's true and like they're telling me this they wouldn't make it up and like um they they don't care like you know they're just like they're just like oh what i oh will you know and, and so he went through so many like different different things and for my mom it was like super hard but she was so amazing that she just somehow managed to like sort of I think she just focused everything on trying to give us like the best life that we could we could have in yeah. those circumstances and, and I think we had like a really really amazing childhood despite the like negative sides to it and there were a lot of things that she did and a lot of um, just the way that she was I think like I'm very very lucky to have to have had her because I I know I, I've spoken to friends you know who who've had situations like maybe not as as intense or whatever but they had like they didn't have a, a one specific parent who was then able to like figure out what to do mm. but somehow my mom kind of just knew what to do she's headstrong yeah she was headstrong absolutely yeah yeah what are the kind of key traits you associate with your family in terms of that close-knit community that you built with your yeah. mom and your sibling um I think like we're very positive. I think positivity is a huge thing. Um, my mom always, I, I think every trait that we have all came from my mom. Like, and she had amazing parents as well who were like always were there for us. Like they obviously lived abroad, but we spent a lot of time with them in the summer and stuff. Um, but I think like my mom always was like, her, I, her sort of mindset was always that like things could always be worse. And mm. people might say like, oh, everything is like, subjective and like you know that does that like downgrades what you're going through but i think it's such a good mindset to think that like ev things can always be worse and there are always great things you know like my mom would give stupid examples of that you know it could be like we could be going through a really 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 hard time and then she would just say something like so random like she could my brother's name's owen and she could just be like owen could be really sick or whatever you know or like he could have lost an arm or something and then you suddenly would just be like oh yeah that'd be way worse you know <laughs> like it just puts so many sort of things in perspective and like i'm sure that like you could be in a situation where if somebody lost an arm they would think that our situation is worse but like that's yeah. not the point it's more like just putting yourself just thinking about the fact that like things are always like they can always be worse and their perspective is important yeah super yeah. important yeah yeah i mean what about growing up when you were at school then because i know that you didn't have the best time at school, right? I mean, yeah. you experienced bullying and that's something that I know that I experienced as well. What was that like for you then? Um, you know what, I, I think I went through like, I think obviously so many people get bullied in school and like picked on and stuff. Um, I think there's a part of it that's difficult because of the fact that like, it obviously sucks that like people don't like you and you might not get included in certain like, like parties or friendship groups or things like that. But I think there was also, I think because of what I had gone through as a kid, that when this was happening in school, I had grown up so much, so quickly, mm. that I felt like I was always way older than everybody I was in school with. Therefore, like, I just kind of understood things differently. And so when people were bullying me, I kind of could already see, like, uh, they're in pain or they're Do you think you were a lot more mature than... I think so, yeah. Peers, I think I was definitely, like, a, a, a lot, lot more mature than most of the people I was in school with, just simply because I had to... Um, life experience. Yeah, life right? experience, and that's just the way it is. And then those and kids, as the older brother as well? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, my brother, sorry, my brother was the older brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. the younger brother. But um, still. Yeah, but I think, like, I think you... And those kids obviously grew, grew up, and, like, at some point, they also grew up and yeah. all at, different, at all at different paces. Um, it obviously is always hard, I think, whenever you're being bullied and excluded from stuff. But I think because I had that, like, slightly what was maybe mature for that time perspective on everything i kind of was just like i didn't really mind those 
people not liking me because if they didn't like me and they bullied me they weren't the kind of people I wanted to be friends with anyway yeah, so I like yeah. I, I found the friends that I related to the friends that were like that actually wanted to be my friend that liked me that understood me that were there for me um, and that I was there would have been there for no matter what either and I think that's the kind of like I was able to hold on to that like through school the whole time and, and it went probably right till I finished school like I was constantly getting picked on and bullied but I was just like you know, eventually it comes to a point where you're just yeah. kind of like laughing at some, you know, you're just laughing back because you're like, you guys are... But did you start to use music then as a, a form of escape or a form of like ther therapy for yourself? Like obviously you wouldn't have called it therapy at the time, yeah. but you probably were so used to hearing music at home yeah. and then understood that you had talent for music that actually that was your place where you were completely content and happy. Yeah, well, I think I like identified so much with being a musician that it was definitely the thing that I like lent into more and I think it sort of gave me an identity of like, I understand why. I think if I, I think if there had been nothing different about me, I would have maybe not understood why I was being picked on. Mm. But I knew that I was like the kid that did music instead of like sport, and like I skateboarded instead of playing football or whatever. So like, I was like, it gave me a reason behind that. And so like with music, it definitely was something that like, I, when things were like difficult and stuff, like I hundred percent would lean so much into that. And I think it was just like maybe unknowingly like definitely a form of therapy in terms of like releasing emotionally and mm. I think actually at that time especially when I was younger I wasn't yet like songwriting necessarily or in the way that I am now but it was a lot more like instrumental music and I was playing classical flute and I was mm. it was very much like you had to put so much of your emotions into what you were playing just like expressively and so I think like I got to sort of heal a lot through that um definitely but I was also like doing therapy at the same time yeah. since I was a kid so it was like I also had that outlet which was like super healthy to have which was like so unheard of and crazy for like a kid who's like I, I mean I was in primary school so it was probably up until yeah could have been between the ages of like six and you know 14 or something I don't know that I was like going to going to therapy like once a week or whatever and like what like kid is like seven eight nine ten eleven twelve and like leave school on a monday to go mm, to like yeah, therapy yeah, yeah. and like you know punch some things in the sandbox like <laughs> so random but like it helped obviously uh, well, is there a specific song that you remember from your childhood that really helped you kind of express yourself because i feel like that's something that's really important with music mm. nowadays that people obviously as you get older anyway yeah. you can you relate to a song to help it express what you're feeling and emoting but as a kid as well it is very much the same yeah. as you're saying and you kind of listen to it to help get that emotion out because sometimes yeah. you're not able to articulate what you're feeling as a kid. Yeah, I think like, I, pro I think I weirdly, I mean, I went through so many different phases of like music that I listened to. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was influenced by others at first. So like I, a lot of classical music, a lot of what my brother was listening to and what he was into. So like rock and roll and metal mm. and like Guns N' Roses, ACDC. I played a lot of drums. Nice. So I was like just drumming all Bashing the anger, out. you know, like yeah, playing yeah, Iron yeah, Maiden. Yeah. And then I think I discovered like for the first time kind of like pop music. And then I remember kind of discovering pop music for the first time. And I think it was through like Eminem and yeah, Michael Jackson, really weirdly, like two kind of very different yeah, artists. Yeah, yeah. And I think like Michael Jackson allowed me to like express myself in a way where I just felt really myself and comfortable and I would just dance in front of the mirror and put the glove on and yeah. wear the hat and like dress up and then like Eminem was like these really hard hitting lyrics about like his life and stuff he was going through and I just a lot of that I related to as well. I was well. gonna say but both you could relate to because there's so yeah. much emotion in what Michael Jackson sang about. Absolutely like I think like all the stuff that Michael yeah. was singing about like I would just like I think the, one of the first Michael Jackson songs I discovered and fell in love with was Man in the Mirror and I would just right, we're here now <laughs> we're here so. I don't even know if I know how to play Man in the Mirror actually that's why <laughs> Turn up the car to go 
<laughs> nice. That's a great one. What's, how's your ear like that. for that then? Do you, can, you, can you listen to something and go, because I love watching those TikToks as yeah. well, when you see somebody listen to something and they go, yeah, I got that, in about 20 seconds. Are you good at that? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Are you? Yeah. So you're, you're pretty... I never do it though. No, 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 don't worry, don't worry. Harry got the next game. Right, bring them out. No, no, yeah. we're not doing that. I don't um, know, I hate those videos though. Yeah. They're like, this is my brother and he can listen to yeah. any song in 20 seconds he'll play it. It's like, it's not hard. Every song is four chords. Four chords. It's just like, come on. But what we need to talk about is your album, which is yeah. coming out in July, 21st of July, yeah. and it's called Victory. And which is, and I, I've read about why it's called that, and I think the best way that I can put it is it's like a homage to your mother, right? In the sense yeah, that in a way, yeah. it's a, a, a way that not just your mum, but you as yeah, a family yeah. all made it through that traumatic yeah. time and grew up together and yeah. still managed to reach where you are. Yeah, I think it's definitely like, if there was one person, it would be an homage to my mother for sure like because none of it would have been possible without her um and there's obviously a lot of songs about her on the album and like for her um but i think yeah it's just like i mean it means so many different things you mm. know there's so many angles to the name and to what people can take and what i wrote it for but also what i want people to take from it and you know, I want people to understand, like, first of all, my story and get to know me and start to know these things about me. But also I want them to see themselves in it and, and, and that it reflects onto them, like their stories and what they've been through and the victories that they've had and that they should celebrate that. Because um, I think it's important to also always remember that, like, you, you do make it out of so many dark times or difficult times and you never really like there's no sort of moment where you go victory you yeah know? yeah and i think it's it's important to have those things and just like sort of credit yourself those around you create something i think it's just like a piece of work that i like i wanted to just like use as a celebration of like everyone who's ever like loved me and supported me whether it was my mom my brother or like all the friends and family that we had around that time like those people who were who remember those days the people who were there when i was 12 14 17 18 7 5 whatever age i was the people who were there in those really really hard times who really know who i am mm -hmm. and like everything that my family went through and that they went through it with us and were there in those times and they remember like especially now because now i'm surrounded by so many people in my life that like have only known me for three or four years that yeah, they don't yeah, really yeah. know anything about that time they don't they never witnessed yeah, that they can hear about it but they can't relate like yeah. people that have known you your whole life can. yeah and that part of my life is so important and that is like that's the part that explains who Keanu Crow is like yeah. that is why I am who I am today and that's who we are we are our past and we are I know people always say like don't let your past define you but that's nonsense but we're shaped by that we are you're 100% you're shaped by it like and you have to try let it define you in a positive way, but it will make you who you are. And so like, I think for me, it's like, that is like, that's who I am. And it's like, I wanna make something for all those people, but also for all the people who are discovering me new to, to find that in themselves and to sort of, and also to just understand me and where I come from. From a young age as well, you, you ended up coming to over here, to the yeah. UK, uh, to London, right? Yeah. And that I assume is where you started to learn your songwriting skills. And when you're taught songwriting, how, how, how is it taught? Is it learn the music first? Is it the lyrics first? Or is it actually what comes naturally to you? So that's the funny thing is there's no really like, I think you spend so long trying to search for like, how do you write a song? Yeah. There isn't really like an answer to like writing good songs. I think it's just like practice. There's obviously the, you know, the basics of like get some chords and like yeah. have a verse, pre-chorus, chorus and a bridge. If you, I love a bridge, so I always will try to put a bridge and, <laughs> you know, whatever and grow it and stuff. But it's about, for me, it's all about feeling. I'm always just trying to go where I think the sound should go. A way to emote. You know? Yeah, a way to emote. So like whenever I write a song, I'll, I'll just sit and I'll... Have a play. And then I can just start singing whatever I just go wherever I want to go you know with the song and like I think um I, I started writing but actually before I came to London but I think it wasn't until I was like in London fully like drowned in it that I was really like that what that I was like okay I'm gonna write every single day 
until I can ev- until I can write songs that I actually like. Yeah, yeah. So I think yeah. the first time I wrote songs that I actually liked, and I felt like, okay, now I really know how to write a song that's like eighty percent, and I feel like I can always hit the like eighty percent of goodness mark, mm. and then the magic comes, and that's when you can get something really special. Unlock right? the next level. Yeah, and I think that's just like that's just magic. You know? Can you remember the first song you wrote? Um, I think so. Yeah. Do you want me to play it for you? Yeah. Is that what you're gonna yeah, ask? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can remember it, I'm intrigued. Um, it was on guitar, but I'm sure I can figure out a way. Uh, it's amazing. I wish I had a musical uh, brain. I'm not going to lie. Okay, I'm going to... I have no idea what the chords were because it's on, it was on a guitar and I don't even remember what it was on that. There's a guitar over there. Oh, yeah, but it's I have to, I have to, I have to <laughs> tune it up in a... It's in, like, a different tuning and everything. I was trying to be all advanced course, yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah, 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 um, It was like... Waiting for you on the corner of the street. <laughs> so bad. It's like sitting here waiting, begging you my feet. I got a dollar in my hand, but I don't understand. This is so bad, my man. Pretty lady isn't already here holding my hand. Uh, God, it's so bad. I can't. I love it. <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, it's great. I mean, when you when you write your lyrics now, is that something that you always try and relate to? As I say, like that emotion, emotion and emoting of something that you've been through. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, it's always just like the real words or things that I've written down and like very like. Now I'm very conscious of r- singing things that I would say, like yeah. you know, I would never, I would never say <laughs> half of that stuff that I just signed there. Dollar uh, maybe I would say when I was thirteen years old, probably. Well, without you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what is it? What do you think the benefits are of not just piano but musical instruments and music in general for people's mental health? Um, I think it's a way of like being emotional and in touch with your feelings without necessarily without necessarily knowing that you are. Like, the best example is to 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 play something like say you could play like. Um, I tried to just do something really boring, like, uh, or I could play like my song, which is like "I'll Be Waiting," which is like, actually no, I'll play it off for you because it's a better, that's better. That's literally next to mine. Okay, so I'll, I'll, can I do that? <laughs> so like, you could play like this. That'd be somebody playing it like without any yeah, emotion, you yeah. know. And then if you were, and to play it better, you have to like. to get vulnerable enough to yeah. even just play an instrument. Like, I'm not even singing, mm. but I'm like, I'm thinking about what that means to me. I'm thinking about who yeah. I wrote it about. Do you think every time like that? As in you get in the moment and get absorbed in that moment every time? Definitely, yeah. And that's how I... It's like this little bubble. Yeah, but I think like it's like, that's like autopilot for me. Like I automatically go into that. Yeah. Like, I, could, I find it so hard to play something and not be emotionally... Yeah, yeah. Su- I feel like I... I always feel like... It's such a weird... I've never really thought about this, but I always feel like I'm going... Yeah, like yeah. like a really deep like almost like crying meditation. breath you know like yeah that's how it feels to me when I'm when I'm playing something and I always want to like maybe it's because I also studied flute and that was like my classical instrument so I was like all like you're so linked mm. to like your you could sound like you're crying if you want to because it's literally your breath you know that's in the instrument so I'm always trying to have that same emotion in anything musically that I'm doing so one of the songs that I want to talk to you about is part of me yeah because that's song about loss yeah and something that would have been of no no doubt incredibly difficult to write Mm -hmm. but also maybe even quite therapeutic yeah in a way how how soon after if i'm happy to if you're happy to answer did you start writing that as a way to kind of get that out of your system so to speak uh i think i probably i think i wrote part of me um might have been three years after so a really long time Mm. 
but I wanted to write it immediately. But I just couldn't find the words or the way to write it. And I actually lost two friends to suicide, and one was probably, uh, let's say, four, maybe five, yeah, four years maybe before that. So, like, since that moment, I had been wanting, I knew how important it was to write a song, but it's so, it was so important that I, like, it, it was very difficult until it just, like, fell out, you know? Um, and then when it fell out, it was just, just happened, like, in one go. I don't think I even thought about it, really. It just, I knew, I just played the chords and I just sang the verse, like, mm words and everything it was very weird it was definitely like a yeah like a spiritual moment yeah 100 percent. wow i don't think like i don't think that there's anything in like i think the the magic in music comes from somewhere else and i think like you train and you have an ability to be able to be that thing that allows music and something special from the universe to travel through you you have to be able to do it, obviously. If you didn't play piano, it would try to travel through you. You know, but it's it's definitely something that, like, it's 100% a spiritual thing, and it's something, like, that you don't have any control over. And, like, mm. people can laugh and be like, that's nonsense. But, like, if you're a song, I'm pretty sure every songwriter ever watching Maybe this would understand what you're saying. Yeah, and anyone yeah. who doesn't write songs would be like, oh, it's like, that's not Well, it's, let's be honest, that's coming from a place of jealousy. Yeah, and I, but I think there's nothing there's nothing about it that's, like, that's why I always think like arrogance and people who are like boastful about being like good songwriters or anything like that. Like most people who are good songwriters just like are just like, I don't really know. It's not, it just happens through me, you know? I've like practiced the skill set and I, I think it's, it's about the only thing you're good at. I think when you're a song, like if you can be a really good songwriter or write a really good song, the only thing that you can be really, really, really good at is like figuring out how it works for you and how you hear those things and then being able to do it like knowing like i know that i have to like sit at a piano in silence with nobody bothering me or talking or like and i can just then hear it's like it's like my it's like the inside of my head is like a really dark black room and like i can't see anything and if i go really quiet really far in the distance i can hear like a melody that someone's singing to me That's cool. and then i'm like oh sick it's not like I'm thinking, like, oh, let me think of a really good melody. Yeah. It's just something, I just hear something in my head, you know, and that's like, it's got to be something that's you know, from somewhere else. With, like, a terribly tragic event, and events, plural, that kind of happen like that, does that bring friendship groups and families closer together? And does that also mean that you're better at checking in on your friends and checking on their mental health? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very tragic, though, that it takes such yeah. tragedy for friendship groups or for families or things to come closer together and like I guess that's just life and like I, I spoke to someone earlier about this as well who said that they had a loss of a friend in their friendship group and how now like um he was saying like all the guys now text each other and they're like love you man and like you know all this and I think like my friendship group was always really close and really open and we are probably all based out of like misfits who were like that anyway mm. but I do remember sitting around a table in like a pub afterwards like obviously both times when it happened um i'm just like looking at all of my friends in the eyes and all of us being like we better not sit at this table again you know and like sort of checking in like how is everyone and but then you do notice like there's people from that group who distance themselves mm. gone different ways and like that's life people go off different yeah. ways but i think it is it is it's tragic that it has to be something so tragic that gives perspective on on life on perspective on how important friendships are how like you know life isn't forever and so i think like it definitely brings people closer but i wish it didn't like i wish the friendship groups who haven't gone through that yet could just like do it without having to lose somebody how do you look after yourself with your mental health other than music so that's one way that you emote, but do you do it? Is there anything else that you practice or, or do to look after yourself? You know what? Like, I think the, I've thought about this a lot because I have really good mental health. Or I just think I do. <laughs> <laughs> or it's just like all fake and I have like a really bad coping mechanism and maybe I shove everything into a box. But I feel like I'm a very, very, I'm, I'm always quite happy and like, 
a love life um, I've never sort of like had major major struggles I think a lot of that is because of I went through a lot as a kid so everything is in perspective and, mm. and I think life is so special and, and important and magical and like every every moment is a gift and it's such like a cheesy cliche thing but every moment is is really a gift you know and like there's this sound there's this audio that i heard on like tiktok somewhere where it's like this guy like running in nature and he's screaming he's like i'm alive like this is incredible i'm alive and i think like that's how i feel in my brain all the time i'm like how lucky are you to be alive on planet earth for just a short amount of time and get to experience it's an experience. I think people feel like it has to be good all the time. No, it's just an experience of everything. Bad, good, sad, heartbreaking, funny, not funny, boring, awkward, like all of it. And you just have to take it in and like, but I think like part of, oh, what was I going to say? I, I, I was realizing what my like sort of coping mechanism maybe was. I think like inside me, I'm always happy. Like exterior things will make like the outer layers mm. of me feel certain emotions mm. you know like really devastating things or heartbreaking things but like it never changes who i am as a person um but i think there was a point in my life there was like one kind of point where i remember sitting in a car with my mom this is years back and i remember sitting next to her and i just i just felt like crying and i just turned to her i was like i'm super sad and i don't know why so the only time i can sort of relate that feeling to and then my mom was just like, at that point, she was like, you probably have a bit of depression or you're, you know, whatever. Um, she was like, I obviously had gone, she never spoke about it with me before, but she was like, obviously with all the stuff we went through, you know, I had had moments of that when I was trying to raise you guys because life was so difficult. Obviously I didn't show it or whatever. Um, and I remember I'm always a strong believer of like, there's a, there is, it, like your body reacts a certain way because of something you were doing or your life. And I just remember going back to boarding school. I was in boarding school. I remember just like kind of sitting around and thinking like, I'm not doing anything that I love right now. So obviously I'm miserable. Mm. I, I, I quit skateboarding because I had an injury and I never went back. I wasn't writing music and playing. Like I was, I was doing music, but in a way I didn't like it. I wasn't performing. And from that moment on, my mindset was just only do things that make you happy. Like I was like, and I yeah. even remember like in boarding school, like there was stuff I didn't want to do. And I remember my headmaster being like, sometimes in life you're going to have to do things you don't enjoy or don't want to do. And I was like, you know, like in jobs, in your day to day life. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because life's way too short. And that's what makes you sad. I've seen it with so many people, how like they changed their, their life. And like, there's so much things about like do exercise, eat better, all that. And that's obvious stuff. It's like, yes, be healthy, exercise. Mm. But it's also like, what do you want to do with your life? And people are like, oh, I, uh, I'd love to be like, I always wanted to be a painter, but I think I'm going to have to do finance. And I'm like, why? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, obviously go paint, like, or you're going to be miserable. That's what your body wants to do. And you'll feel mm. so much happier. And so like from that moment, I was like, I'm just going to do things that make me happy. I get joy when I'm with my friends. I get true joy when I uh, have like being surrounded by family and friends. I love it. Going on holidays, whatever it is with people, spending time with again family and friends or just like creating music being in the studio performing being on tour uh uh skateboarding doing physical activities like being outdoors like or just sitting on my couch watching netflix mm. watching something that makes me laugh and being happy or like just i think listening to your body and, and like if you don't want to go out don't go out if you don't want to party and you don't want to drink don't do that if you want to do it if you want to hang yeah. out with people if you don't and i think it's so important to be like aware of what you what you need and other people might think of it and other people might be like i don't know like that's such a cop-out solution or like you know most people would say well i meditate or i or i do this and i do that and i think like every solution is valid for like some people really feel like they have to meditate mm. i've never once felt like i needed to meditate. i'm sure it would actually be great if i did do it probably mm. make me feel amazing but that's what we were doing earlier and oh really yeah but i feel amazing without it yeah, so yeah, like yeah. maybe one day if i'm like not feeling amazing I'm, like, oh, I'm gonna try and meditate yeah, or, like yeah. But I think doing what you love and mm. like what like what makes you happy. Like I, I went through a huge phase where I would ask people every time I met someone for the first time, I would say, I remember the first time I met my girlfriend, um, we went we, like in the first weeks that we were together, we went for a cycle around London. I remember I turned to her and I was like, so like what, I was like, what, what's your passion? What do you love? Like, uh, what do you want to do with your life? Mm. And she was just like, yeah. she was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, obviously you 
you're going to do the thing that you love for the rest of your life, right? Like, otherwise life would be so crap and you'd be miserable. And like she had, I remember her telling me, like I've literally never thought about it that way. And since then she's gone on to pursue things that she loves and that's what she does now and, and she's happier than ever. And like, I spent a long time where I would always ask people that straight away. I'd be like, oh, what, what, what do you want to do with your life? What is it that you love? And that's a big thing that I don't want, that I want to inspire because I know it's hard and taking that leap and that risk. And was like, oh, it's easier for others. But like, I was in Royal Academy of Music studying classical music. Mm. I realized I wasn't happy. I wanted to be in songwriting. I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to like pursue that. And it was difficult. I dropped out, lost my scholarship, had to couch surf, had no money. My mm. mom like wasn't going to be like supporting me and paying my rent and stuff like that, you know? So it was like, I think you have the choice to make the change and do the thing and you have to face that fear. And I think like that is what I do for my mental health. I just live, I do everything to live the life that makes me happy and that I want to live and make sure that like every day I'm listening to what my body wants. I'm listening to like, I'm doing something that I enjoy. And if I don't, then I'm going to feel bad, obviously. And it's, to me, it's not rocket science. Like, yeah. When you're starting out in your music career, you've talked about like that, this, the beginning when starting musicians struggle with they're sofa yeah. surfing, you're borrowing money, you're yeah. doing, taking gigs where you can. But then when you get to this side of it where you're releasing your debut album, yeah. does that just make it all worth it? Definitely, Every yeah. single minute that yeah. there was struggle, you're just like, it's perspective again, right? Yeah. But I think you constantly feel like you're struggling anyway. Oh, really? Like you constantly feel like you're, I think it doesn't matter what point you're at, you're always trying to prove something to yourself or you're trying to like, do something greater or like make something um but i think it is like surreal in a way to like remember it's very hard to like it's very hard to look back and it's like to look back and and actually like see where you've gotten to it's such it's a very hard thing to do and mm. i always thought i'd be able to do it whenever i watched other artists i would think it's weird that like do they like not look back and think it's insane how far they come and how they've managed to do something that's like 0.001% of the population or probably way less than that have achieved or whatever. And it's like, but you get to a point where you're like doing things that you've always dreamt of. And it's, it's really, really difficult to like look back and sort of see that younger version of yourself. And I, I think there's certain moments like in your life I think along the way where something happens like I think recently I had something like I don't know it was like I was singing a song or I was doing something that I hadn't done since I was like 16 years old busking on the street in Cork you know dreaming of being mm. like anywhere close to where I am today and what I get to do today which I'm so lucky to do um, and that's when I was like whoa like that is crazy, you know, yeah, like yeah. that's when it kind of hits you, but it's very hard. Otherwise you'd be in a delusional state probably if it was constantly making you feel like, wow, this is insane. I can't believe I'm doing this, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's a very weird thing to, to come to terms with and to sort of, um, to look back on, but it, it's, it's the most amazing journey. And I think it's just important to realize and you hear it so often, but there really isn't a destination mm. and not only from yourself, but everyone always expects more of you. Everyone around you is expecting more from you. Everyone is expecting another bigger song. Everyone's expecting, uh, yeah. everyone's expecting more. Everyone wants something from you, you know, and all that you can give is your best. And like, all you can do is just be in the journey because there's, there's never going to be a destination. I don't think like that, like you arrive to and it's like, Oh, this isn't, this is enough or this is it. So I think like, the destination is the fact that you get to have the journey, I think. Mm. And I get to have this journey and hopefully continue it for the rest of my life. And yeah. I think that's what's what I try to like make most of. I mean, you very recently uh, toured with Ed Sheeran, yeah. which is obviously a huge pinch me moment considering you like grew up playing yeah. his music, which is nuts, right? Yeah, man. But what, did you jam with him backstage? I didn't jam with him backstage, actually, but I feel like that's like something that people think it's just like the, do. Yeah, it's I know. Like, like that would be so weird if he just came into my hey, house. Hey, like, what are you up to? Yeah, like just came in with his uh, guitar. Can't like, get ready? Like, yeah, like should we sing together? Like, um, but, no, um, but, that that must have been pretty surreal. Like a pinch me moment yeah. where you must have been like, whoa. And then you've got Definitely. the tour coming. You've got the album coming. Yeah. Again, it's just like that that momentum that's forever yeah. going forward. 
I think it's a, it definitely is like this sort of, like the pinch me moment is something that like I never really, um, I never really like knew what that kind of meant, you know? And then like, I do remember being maybe two or three nights into supporting Ed and, you know, having spent a lot of time with him and, and just, I think I was on stage and I was just like, and I just remember closing my eyes and being like, <laughs> just, just like trying to pinch myself and be like, and being like, this is fully, like you're fully not dreaming, bro. Like what is going on, you know? Because it's so surreal. Like why as well? Like all the kids, everyone I grew up with, everyone's playing Ed Sheeran songs. Everyone dreams of meeting him, supporting him, having a career. Like, and it's like, why did I end up there? You know? Mm. Like, and it's something so insane about about that. And I think like you kind of just all of it like the the as funny enough it's something that kind of spoke a bit to ed with ed about and like but i'm always asking him like what is it like when you're at your point do you ever does it ever sink in you know like right now i'm just like i constantly feel like it's not real like it's weird to me that like if i walked out on the road and ed was across the street like we would go hang out and have a coffee you know like that's super weird do you know like i still don't believe when we talked like that, it's actually Ed Sheeran. And obviously Ed Sheeran is just a completely normal guy. And he was once where I am and, 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 but it's like, it's just, these things are so mad and so almost unfathomable that they're like possible. Because like, if I told somebody like five years ago, like, oh, I'm going to be supporting Ed Sheeran. I'm going to be friends with Ed Sheeran. I'm going to get to hang out with Ed Sheeran and go on tour. And like, people would be like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, like, what do you mean? Like, that's, there's like one person in the whole planet that gets to do that. Like, why would that be you, you know? And so when it happens, you're like, oh yeah, not mm. actually happening, you know? It's yeah, very yeah. like, so it is fully, I finally understand the pinch me thing because yeah. it's, it's kind of like it almost like, it's not even like an imposter syndrome where you're like, I don't deserve to be here because I've never felt like I don't deserve. I think anyone is just as deserving as, you know, anyone if you work for it. And um, I don't think like, I think it's just whatever, somehow it, I'm here. Um, but I think like there's definitely a part where you're like, but is this real? Like what mm. is going on? You know, my final question is what does the word headstrong mean to you? Um, when, when I was a kid, actually when a couple of years back, like not too, not too long ago, I remember going through some stuff and like when I dropped out of school and I was trying to like, really just like go full force into having a career as a songwriter and it was something that like I definitely had moments where I doubted myself where other people doubted me and I was like you know what are the chances that I'll succeed it's a very very small percentage of people that managed to to succeed and I remember speaking to my mom about it and like I thought it was a difficult time that I was going through but again I had perspective so the first thing I did was speak to my mom and be like I was like how I was like, how did you like leave your husband, have two kids in a country that you like are not from, go to an ATM to take money out and it says you have no money, like you have to go to like a homeless shelter, you have to live in your friend's houses with like two kids. Mm. It's like, how, how am I normal? How do I exist? How did I not, how did you not like kill your kid? Like, how did we not die somewhere like under a bridge? You know, like I was like, how did you do it? Like, and how did you stay happy? How did you give us such an amazing life? And my mom was just like, didn't have a choice. Like I just did it, you know? Like that was, it was, I had to, that was the only option. And I think that was the most headstrong sort of, to me, that's what headstrong is. It was like, she was faced with this like insanely difficult task which could have destroyed anybody and made someone's life so, could have gone so badly. And somehow she made the absolute best of such a difficult situation. And yeah, there were hard times and she had, a, you know, there were, you know, she ended up in hospital and all these different things. It wasn't like, it wasn't smooth sailing, but she made it mm. because she was like, I guess she always believed and she was headstrong. And like, and I think that was something that like, I think just being able to have that, control of your mind and 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 belief in yourself and just being able to 
just just like face situations where you're like where it seems like there's no other option and realizing I'm gonna make it through and it's gonna be okay I like that nice one then man thank you so much for joining me I thank appreciate you, man. it are you happy to play us out? I will play you out what am I gonna play you out with? out of whatever you want Ooh, I'm prepared for this do I have a favourite song? do you have a favourite song? you must have been asked that today um, <laughs> I don't know do I have a favourite song? or something from the 21st of July I was playing one earlier actually. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.